Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Dear Genius Leaders, welcome to the episode 68 of the Genius Leadership Podcast. Today, I am recording from my uh, new temporary home in Portugal and Lisbon, or just south of Lisbon, in a small uh, fisher village uh, called Trafaria. Trafaria, I'm still learning the right pronunciation or stress in the word. But uh, yeah, we are renting a house here for two months for my husband's uh, research visit to the university here. And I'll be working from home, just like I did in Iceland. Today's the first. We moved in here yesterday, and today's the first day that my husband went to the university to work, and my daughter went to the daycare uh, on the campus. She was super excited after two weeks of not interacting with kids to go back and play. <laughs> and I'm sitting in her bunk bed on the lower shelf of it, or a lower bed. Uh, I put uh, blankets around me, so I hope the sound will be good enough and not too echoey. Because I'm sitting in an old traditional stone house um, with uh, everything hard around me. So I hope this will work. And uh, if my sound producer editor um, approves, then I will be recording the future episodes like this, at least the solo ones. Yeah, that's a little bit on the personal update. Today I want to do this third part of the personal updates and lessons learned with the war back in, in Ukraine. Thank you, everyone, for your responses and reactions to the previous two episodes. I really appreciate you listening, you're interacting with me, you're giving your feedback, your suggestions, what resonated with you, what you took out of the episodes. I really, really appreciate every uh, message like that. And please keep sharing the uh, reflections with me, but also keep sharing the episodes. If you feel like someone else should hear them, do it on your social media or in private messages, whatever uh, is convenient for you. You see that I'm uh, not earning on this, but this is really my way of giving back to the community and really um, helping as many people as I can in in the way that is affordable or actually for free and uh, that uh, is um, possible to consume at uh, your convenient pace, your convenient time and place. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this community. Let's dig in into the lessons that uh, I wanted to share with you. The first one I'll take is the one that a lot of people appreciated in our conversations in the past two months, two and a half months, and in uh, my posts on social media. And that one is a bit uh, is about being a marathon versus sprinter. And what I wrote in that in those posts and talked about in those conversations is that if we talk about jogging or running, some people are marathoners. They can run the whole marathon. They can run ultra marathons, like 100 kilometers, 160 kilometers. There are races like that in Iceland, for sure. And I'm sure in other places. So there are people who are good at the long distance thing. Other people are better at sprinters. They're really fast. They're really good. But they can't sustain that level for a long time. right? And it's difficult for many of them to 
do longer distances because they can't really regulate themselves. And I'm not saying it's bad or wrong. Both have place to be. It's just different ways of people for people to do the thing, running in this case. And some people are not runners at all. It could be because of the physical condition and some things that really make it hard or impossible for them to run. It can be just lack of habit or motivation, whatever it is. And the thing is, as I said, per se, none of these three categories is right or wrong. They're different. And it's the same with the volunteering help. I've seen a lot of people in the beginning of the world, the full-scale invasion in Ukraine, who were stressed by seeing others around them just throw themselves fully, 150%, into helping Ukraine and Ukrainians. So there were people who just felt bad that they didn't have the energy, they didn't have the drive, the motivation, whatever it is, the resources uh, to do this way. And I compare that to the marathoners. So there are people who maybe are not runners at all, among those who feel for Ukraine and who are stressed by the, the invasion and the war that is going on there. But who are not runners, as in who are not able to volunteer. But there are also marathoners who are helping, just in a very different way and a different capacity and different pace than the sprinters, sprinter volunteers. And I really had to take some conversations with people about that it's okay. It's okay to be a marathoner in this, especially because the war is not over, unfortunately, in a couple of days and not in a couple of months, as we're seeing it right now. And it was clear from the very beginning that we'll need a lot of resources in the long term. First, to sustain this level of support throughout the wartime, and then also a lot of support and help afterwards to rebuild what has been destroyed. And this analogy came to me because I myself am a marathoner, but I myself was stressed out by the sprinters around me. People who threw their job out of the window for some time, or somehow managed to keep their jobs somehow at the bare minimum, but also volunteering and so on. And I've been doing a lot of that stuff as well, but I just felt like people around me were doing more. And it especially stressed me out because I'm Ukrainian living abroad in safety, in, in good conditions, having a good life. And I felt so ashamed that there were people around me who sometimes didn't even have anything to do with Ukraine. They didn't have any Ukrainian background, they didn't have Ukrainian spouses, nothing like this. And they were doing more than me. And I felt like, what the hell is wrong with me? But then I realized that I am a marathoner. I will be there for years. And it's not to say that these sprinters are bad because they just hear, it's not about this wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Not at all. They have an enormous value and fulfilled a huge function that was so necessary to things set things up in the beginning to really be the source for people who like who would be i want to help how do i do it i want to help what do i do where do i go where do i send money and so on and so forth these sprinters have been able to set up wonderful things organizations structures whatever it is and i'm forever grateful for those people and that's the thing we all have our function i'm not good in the sprinting world of volunteering but i know that i'm good in long term and it was a lot of self-leadership work to remind myself that and to pace myself so that I don't try to be a sprinter when I'm not, because that would just harm everyone, myself, people around me, organizations that we're setting up uh, when I commit to more than I can deliver. And honestly, that happened a couple of times that I actually committed to more than what I was able to deliver. So 
we're all making mistakes. We're all learning on this um, path. And for most, the vast majority of us, the war has never happened so close to us physically, geographically, or or emotionally, spiritually, whichever level you take. This war is touching more hearts than many previous wars, unfortunately, or fortunately, you don't know. That's just how it is. And we'll be, maybe talking about that uh, as well a bit in this episode. But I really want to emphasize this part. Learn your type. Learn who you are. And learn, get the tools and strategies to be okay with being who you are. Be it a marathoner, be it a sprinter. Because we all have a function. We all have a, our role to play. We all can contribute. And the best way to contribute is the way that is actually suitable for us and is healthy for us. Because again, if you're pushing yourself across your boundaries, if you are just trying to adjust to what other people are doing, it can happen that you just become, first of all, burnout, but you could also become bitter, annoyed, you just start arguing with people, you can start snapping in your partner, at other volunteers, at your kids, whatever it is, and you just feel like you're a bad human then, despite you doing so much value into the world, like, and bringing so much value into the world. So please, please, please learn your type and equip yourself with strategies and tools to actually be okay with being within your zone of genius. That's what we're talking about so much on this show. Learning what your zone of genius is and learning how to be in it as much as possible. When it comes to help and volunteering, it's just the same thing. And yeah, I would love you to let me know on the social media or in, in private messages what your type is and whether it's easy for you to follow your way of doing things or it's a struggle, what kind of struggles, what kind of help you would might need with that. Uh, I would love to have a conversation about that. Next thing I would like to talk about is the emotional roller coaster that many of us are going through in these times and talk about it from the self-leadership perspective. It's so important to know that this too shall pass and whenever you are in the deepest hole, to have something within you that reminds you that this is not forever, this deep hole is not forever, I'll be out of it. And it's not to snap yourself out of that and to brush it under the carpet or whatever. No, it's not about that. It's not about closing your eyes to the tough moments of what that you're going through. But it's just to know that there is light on, in the end of the tunnel, cliche as it might sound. I've go, been going through those moments on multiple occasions since February 24th, when I just felt so desperate, so afraid sometimes, and stressed and whatnot. And I would let myself be in that motion, go through it, but at the same time know that I'm not going to stay in it forever. Every emotion, every feeling passes. It's our choice to let ourselves pass through it. And I sometimes compare it to surfing. When you have waves coming at you and you feel like, no, I'm not going to take this wave, the best way, especially if it's bigger waves, it's to dive through it. Because if you stay on the surface, the wave can just kind of ramble you and you become this tumbler and you don't know where is the up and down and so on. But if you dive through it, you get on the other side in a much more controlled way and you can continue being on the board and looking for the wave that you want to take. It's the same with our emotions. When we see them coming, we can get scared and just try to escape from it or be on top of it and try to kind of get over it, around it. But the best way is going through. So the best way out is through. And that come, it is 
it applies to our emotions as well, the dark ones and the deep, deep heavy ones. So I hope it's a good reminder for you and uh, you have the tools to go through the dark emotions that you might be going through, whether it is related to the war in Ukraine or not. Whichever dark moment we have in our life, whichever heavy situation we have in our life, it's good to remind ourselves that this too shall pass. And again, I feel like a parrot, but I'm repeating it a lot on the show because it's so important. Never stay alone in those moments. Of course, if you feel like you're an introvert and you need some time to recuperate and be on your own, feel free to do so. But it's important to share. It really is important to share. So find someone, find some community, some person, whether it's a friend, acquaintance, or some professional person who can help you get through in a healthy way, in a way that is sustainable for you and people around yourself. Next thing I want to talk about is more of my reflection. And it's about the unity. And let's talk about it in two parts. The first one is the unity of Ukrainians. I was amazed in the first weeks of the invasion, how people just forgotten about the things that have been going on within the country, the differences that people might have, the uh, different opinions that were within the country. People got united. And I've seen so many people talking about Zelensky, for example, saying, I haven't voted for this president, but now I don't care. He He's doing his job and I'm going to be supporting him and I'm going to be doing my job as a citizen, as the president even of Ukraine. And people just united uh, for the sake of one goal of regaining their independence, regaining the peace with as little loss as possible. And this is the power that we all have within ourselves. And let's talk about the second part. So international communities, people outside of Ukraine who have also united overnight and have moved mountains, really. I really want you to remember this feeling and remember that so many of us are a part of that, that we have shown and proven to ourselves that we have the resources, we have the capacity, we have the will, we have the ability to be together, to make amazing things and to remind ourselves what is important and to stand for that. No matter where we are, no matter what our background is, we all can be united and together we can actually do so many amazing things. Hey Genius Leader, I'm chiming in here quickly to ask you to do one thing for me. If you're enjoying this episode, share it with one person who you think would find it valuable as well. Let's spread the goodness together so that more people can play within their zone of genius. I really want that to be ingrained in all our brains, even when the war is over, even when we have rebuilt Ukraine, when that we actually can focus on things that matter. Quite a lot of people have reevaluated what they have been spending their money, time, energy on because of this war, both within Ukraine and outside. And unfortunately, we're quick on forgetting those reflections of ours, the lessons, the insights, and we get back into the comfy life of routine. But that's the thing. If you feel like you've realized that this routine is nothing that you really need in your life, then Document it for yourself, be it in just maybe recording yourself on a video or doing an audio memo on your phone, uh, journaling on that, writing a blog or email to yourself or, uh, or publicly about those reflections of yourself. But because I think it's very important for ourselves to remember this learning that 
we can do the work that matters. No matter what our job is, we can do the work and we can bring the value to this world in the way that matters and matters to ourselves first and foremost. I hope that you you feel that, you have experienced that in these past two and a half months and you, you can carry on that for your own sake. Because so many people nowadays are looking for that purpose, looking for the meaning in their life. And the thing is that we don't find it, we create it. And it's tragic that sometimes we create it through crisis, like what is happening right now with the war, but take a learning from it and carry on with that. And don't wait until the next crisis, whatever it is, implement it in your life. Create that purpose. Follow that meaning that you are creating every single day in tiniest ways. But we've been talking on the show about the power of the micro steps, and that's a good way of reminding yourself, what can you do? today to actually feel like you are that ultimate best version of yourself that you can be today. I, for example, took a walk from after we brought our our daughter to preschool today. I took a walk instead of taking a bus because it's a bit further away. And on the way, I was just picking up garbage. And then I threw it away in the container. That's one of those things that you can do, a tiny little thing. But then, you know, it makes your environment cleaner. And next time you walk there, you see more plants or whatever it is instead of plastic bottles lying on on the ground and you just create the environment and the world in which you want to live in and it comes both to physical things like clean environment but also to the mindset of yours the psychological state of your mind and everything so please 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 remember that you have the power to move mountains you alone but also you with the society and the community around you remember it and Tap into that and use it and not use it for your own benefit in an egoistic way, but use it to feel good about your contribution to this world. Next thing I would like to talk about is maybe controversial and it's criticizing governments and picking institutions without knowing the whole story. And it's controversial even for me, myself. I do feel a lot of frustration about some things not happening quickly enough on the international, global level, etc. But at the same time, we never know the whole picture. And I know it from my volunteering work and work with the government for this one month before Portugal back in Iceland. There is so much happening behind the closed doors, in private conversations, etc. that cannot be talked about in public because maybe it's not yet ready completely and it's dangerous to share incomplete information when it comes to the governmental institutions and so on sometimes because people uh, get their own expectations or it can hurt someone. And sometimes it is just because it's better, especially if we talk about um, weapons, for example, that uh, governments of other countries can supply to Ukraine. This is just one of the many examples. A lot of countries have been criticized of not providing help, but we don't know what's happening. And um, I'm not saying just shut up and don't put pressure on the governments and stuff like that. No, not at all. What my point is, is that we we need to be fair as much as we can with the information that we have and do the best we, we can. And as I said, from the Icelandic government, what I've seen being behind those closed doors sometimes in private conversations, there has been so much done. And sometimes it's frustrating that it's not more and uh, doesn't happen quicker and so on. And sometimes it is because the system is not prepared for situations like 
in Iceland, for example, hundreds of um, refugees coming within a month. But sometimes it is just because it's more sustainable to do it slower, to not overpromise things that cannot be done, to not create situations that will explode in a way that will hurt the refugees even more in the longer term. So again, I'm not saying that the governments are right and or everyone who is criticizing the governments are wrong, but I really want you to just think about it. What could be here that I don't know? What could be here that is not shared because of the safety reasons, because the solutions are not 100% ready yet and it's dangerous to share them, and so on and so forth. Or if it's possible for you, just talk to someone who might know a bit more. And it's not about trying to get the secret information from them, but more getting a better perspective of how are the officials thinking and um, just trying to remember or to assume good intentions of everyone. This is one of the things that I've heard in, in the company that I've been working for in the past month. They have this policy of or philosophy of assuming good intentions. Whenever people come and there are some misunderstandings, potential conflicts or whatever, they are assuming good intentions and thinking, okay, if Anna came to me with this question with good intention, what would it be? Not So basically it turns your mindset to from taking it personally, for example, to exploring more and to be more curious about what kind of good intention could that be here. I think this is so crucial for us to do, especially in those emotional moments like now when people are dying, when, when so many people are in danger, when so many people are getting traumatized and, and not only injured, but really psychologically traumatized when they have to flee, when they have to leave their husbands, fathers behind, not knowing whether they'll ever see them again and those kind of things. It is so heavy, and that's why I want everyone to move mountains and stop the war here and now. But uh, I just want you to to remember that we don't become experts in, I don't know, Eastern European studies and politics and international politics and whatnot overnight just because we care. And uh, yeah, I hope you can take it uh, in a constructive way, this uh, point of the episode. But if you feel like, what the hell, Anna? just shut up or whatever, just let me know. I would also appreciate your opinions on that. It's just the thoughts that I wanted to share because I've been thinking about that a lot. As one of my mentors, Nini Sant, has said, you've always, about me, she said, you always see both sides of the coin and that's your strength or superpower. And to be honest, in the situations like now with the Ukraine, uh, with the Ukrainian war, that's the wrong way to say it, uh, with the Russian war in Ukraine. I actually sometimes hate the ability to see both sides. I Some things I would like to be just so black and white. And I'm not saying that I understand Russian government and the soldiers who are killing civilians, doing it very aiming at civilians in particular. And uh, that is very black and white to me. I'm not saying that I see their point. And I don't see the point of the civilians there. I can on some psychological level understand what is happening there, but I still don't and mostly don't. What I'm talking about here with those seeing both sides of the coin is more what we are all doing to stop this war, to minimize the effects of it, to help people who are affected by it and so on. So yeah, take it or leave it. This is some of the thoughts that I'm having in these days. And yeah, one more thing that we have discussed a lot in among friends, among volunteers, with my husband, is this reaction to different wars in a different way. I'm seeing these 
conversations online. So why are Ukrainians helped more than Syrians, uh, Venezuela, and, and, and so on? And my husband gave a good analogy that when a father dies, you have a different reaction, whether it's your father, your best friend's father, or a father whom you read about on any newspaper. I think this is partly the reason the proximity to the tragedy makes us react in a different way. And we're talking geographical proximity, for example, for the for the European uh, na- uh, nations, because Ukraine is a part of Europe. Uh, it's a huge country, and the geographical center of Europe is in Ukraine. So that is the shocking part that makes it much closer to the hearts of Europeans, for example. Many people know someone from Ukraine, maybe more than from Syria. That usually means another degree of proximity as well, having a personal relationship to the country in some shape of way, shape, way or form, whatever you say. This is another thing that uh, can do it culturally. We are closer to European countries, I would say, even the looks. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just thinking it's it's human and it doesn't make it better. And I have friends in Sweden who are refugees from Syria and we have talked about their crisis or their experience of uh, fleeing the war and going through their attempts to cross the Mediterranean Sea and applying and waiting in the closed facilities for one and a half years for permits that Ukrainians are now getting within days or even 24 hours or an hour, for God's sake. And I understand how frustrating it can be to see that that people can think that, okay, this is the unequal treatment. And I agree, just to be clear, I agree that this is in unequal treatment of people, of humans, just because of their background. And of course, it's difficult for me to say that this is wrong, because we're talking about my friends, my family members, people who are coming from my hometown, my neighborhood. So I'm forever grateful for this treatment, but I understand the frustration. And I think we should talk about those those things that it's, especially in the times of war, I think it's difficult to make, to do everything right. Because there are so many moving pieces, there are so many tragedies and emotions involved, that's it, that it's impossible to, to just make it completely flawless. And um, there is no easy step-by-step instruction and manual on how to handle different kinds of crises in the world. And it's difficult. And I think what I want to do or to achieve with this part of the conversation is just to normalize it, that there are feelings involved and there are emotions that are involved on different levels and from different perspectives. And again, seeing both sides of the coin is not always fun. And that's what I am going through nowadays as well. And if you are going through that as well, just know that you're not alone. And it's okay to have those thoughts and criticize different parts and different decisions of the governments and whatnot. And uh, yeah, if you feel like you haven't managed to share those thoughts or reflections of yours with anyone, feel free to reach out to me and have a conversation. Or maybe this monologue of mine can give you permission to go and talk to someone else, your friend, your relative, whoever it is, uh, about those thoughts and reflections of yours. Lastly, I. I probably want to talk about the Mother's Day that was this Sunday, so today is Tuesday, 10th of May. I'm super late with recording this episode because of the moves and trying to take some vacation. 
but my team is amazing with uh, fixing things. So probably this podcast will be released on time on Wednesday tomorrow. And the Sunday before this was the Mother's Day back in Ukraine. And uh, I've seen different posts about uh, the mother heroes, Ukrainian mothers, and how those posts were emphasizing that whatever mother you are right now, whatever situation you are in, whether you are fighting in the army, whether you are not at home because you had to flee to give safety to your children, whether you are the mother waiting for your son or your, your daughter coming back from the front, whatever it is, that you're appreciated and you're valuable. I just wanted to give another uh, one of those stories here about the mothers that I thought about. Just around a month, I think, into the war, uh, I was reached out by some dance studio in Iceland who were doing the charity event to raise money with their community, with their clients and the broader community uh, for Ukraine. And they wanted to give it to mothers to somehow help moms back in Ukraine. And uh, they asked me how how that could be done and which ways and so on. And my mom is a doctor. She's a, a child uh, ophthalmologist, so eye doctor. And um, I asked her whether she has some good uh, kids doctors or maybe delivery hospitals uh, connections uh, in Ukraine that we could uh, transfer the money to. And she connected me with uh, one of the uh, delivery hospitals. <laughs> and I just remember that conversation I had on the phone with that lady. I mean, it was still early on. It was just before they, dis- they discussed potential blockade of the uh, city. So when the Russian military was still trying to uh, circle Kyiv and uh, really cut it off, any connections. <laughs> and I was on on phone with this doctor who was sitting in the hospital and she came up from the cellar uh, to talk to me to get the connection and she was so positive and cheerful it was just amazing to hear those people who were talking about how life goes on (laughs) it's a part of the conversation she told me like oh i hear the newborn crying just another baby was born here behind the wall while we're talking life goes on and that is the the power of the decision that we can all make. I'm talking about happiness being a choice. And this doctor, Olha Sergeyevna, is her name. She's another example for me how powerful this choice can be of choosing happiness, of choosing life over death. Yes, death happening in Ukraine every day. But so many people are choosing to live those hours, those days they have left, to live them. And this is something that we can learn from these people. And it was so amazing for me to hear how she was talking and saying, thank you so much for the help. Thank you for thinking about us. Thank you for trying to help us in this. And I was like, off fucking four cores. And for her, it was not given. Again, this was the gratitude and the power of gratitude. And I think this is something that we also need to learn and get reminded of continuously. No one owes us anything. Help of anyone to anyone is a choice. And when we are on the giving side of it, it's a very empowering choice that we can make. And when we're on the receiving side, let's have this gratitude because it has so much power as well. It makes us so much alive and so much happier when we choose to be happy, when we choose to be grateful. Here I was, again, emotional, but that's how it is with this, these conversations. I hope you've appreciated this series of episodes of three episodes and uh, you have taken something from them 
Again, thank you so much for listening, for sharing your reflections, your learnings, your thoughts, what you are going through. It's all important to me. And uh, I hope it's important to you as well to stay part of this community. And uh, let me know. Let me know what you would like to hear more of. Let me know what you're going through and how I can be of help with this show and uh, my content otherwise. Stay safe. Support Ukraine. Stand with Ukraine in whatever way you can be it a marathoner or sprint away. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 